Hey guys, what's up? It's another episode of Flick City. I apologize that you're going to hear the generator in the background of the house, so much apologies for that. Just wanted to add that I attended the virtual press day of Huluween. It's programming around the Halloween season via Hulu. So I have a lot of interviews to actually release here on the Cinematics Podcast. The first two things I'm going to release is a very interesting stuff, okay? The first one is Huluween drag extravaganza which came out on hulu on october 1st really enjoyed the the uh, special highly recommended especially if you like musicals and if you like quick-witted comedy it's co-hosted by ginger minge and manila luzon is also featured in the special i interviewed both of them for the purposes of cinematics and my website deepest dream so first of all you're going to hear that what's very interesting for me personally is i've never been a fan of rupaul's drag race or that whole universe okay i haven't been a fan not because i didn't want to see it it's just because i see so many movies that TV show, basically TV shows are not in my purview until now. I am going to, this year, I'm actually going to watch a lot more shows. And just from interviewing Ginger and Manila, love their sense of humor and love the execution on the special. So we'll definitely follow what they have to do in their respective works. I'm a new fan of their material. And I still haven't seen, oops, sorry for that noise. I still haven't seen Ginger's work on the recent film Hocus Pocus 2. Really want to see Hocus Pocus 2 as well. So that is the first interview you're going to get. Also, just wanted to add with Manila Luzon, just it was a really cool interview because I've never interviewed a fellow Filipino. Well, I've interviewed Filipinos before. I think I've interviewed Lou Diamond Phillips back in the day, way back in the day, but never had to ask about one of the, it's not my hometown. It's my family, my extended family's hometown, my cousins, my grandmother and grandfather and all that stuff. I have family over in Quezon City. So Manila Luzon talks about just being in Quezon City and recently visiting the Philippines. So that was a very interesting thing. And it was really cool for me in my 30 plus years of doing these interviews, just to have the mention of this city in Manila, Quezon City mentioned. It was really a really cool personal thing for me. So obviously there's a huge bias bias going into Huluween Drag Stravaganza. Would love to hear if the special works for you as well, okay? So again, it's streaming on Hulu as of right now, October 1st. As of right now, today, as of this recording, October 3rd, look, I think even Anderson is more of an animation fan than me, and I think most of you guys who are listening to this episode are are bigger animation, not just fans, More know, know more about the genre. My, I am just pretty much almost at level, not zero, level 0.5 on this, and Another thing with watching more television shows and doing more TV interviews is to actually familiarize or educate myself on animation. You know, I, I know what Fantasia is all about, but can I draw a some kind of historical link between Fantasia or The Simpsons or Heavy Metal or Fritz the Cat or, I don't know, The Black Cauldron? I'm making these things up. I saw The Black Cauldron, by the way, in the theaters back in the day. loved that movie. I actually, did I say I love that movie? I think I was disappointed by that movie, The Black Cauldron. I remember being as a child, as a fan of all of those Black Cauldron books. But anyways, so animation is something that I need to know more about. Now, this is not breaking the bank or breaking the cinematic bank, but I had a good time. This is not, I'm sure this special, uh, this episode, A Sinister Halloween Solar, wait, hold on, A Sinister Anyways, the special is called A Sinister Halloween. So, anyways, this is a thing, this is a little bit of a tongue twister. This is the title of the Solar Opposites Halloween special. It's called A Sinister Halloween Scary 
opposites solar special. I just cannot really pronounce that several times. Let me try it one more time. A sinister Halloween scary opposite solar special. So I interviewed for this one, Daniel Ulrich, the executive producer, one of the executive producers and writers of the series, Mike McMahon, a co-creator of Solar Opposites, and Josh Bicell. I believe I'm pronouncing the name correctly, or Bicell or Bicell. I don't know. I apologize. He is a writer and executive producer of the show as well. And I believe he was a producer of Happy Endings, a series that I believe, a comedy series that I, that really had its share of critical acclaim when it was released and I still haven't seen that as well. So a lot of stuff for me to see. But just from watching this, let me say it one more time, a sinister Halloween scary opposite solar special. I'm going to start watching more solar opposites because I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, around the board from the critics, as well as the audience members, high marks for this show. All right. So right now that special is available to stream on Hulu as of October 3rd, Monday, October 3rd. And you'll be able to actually listen to my interviews with Danielle Ulrich, Mike McMahon, and Josh Bicell. Both of these interviews are about five minutes each, okay? Five to six minutes each. They're bite-sized interviews, and I'll be doing a lot more stuff. There's a lot more Hulu stuff down the road. I I think within a span of a day, I saw, I well, within a span of 12 hours, I saw three Hulu films. Hellraiser, I saw Grim Cuddy, and I saw another movie called Matriarch. Three movies within a 12-hour 12 12-hour 12 span. That is a lot to cover. And I was in the Huluverse. I don't even know if that's the name. That was I was in the Huluverse for a span of 24 hours because of that all-intensive press day. More of that stuff to come. What else can I say? Oh, also, Bruce, me and Bruce, uh, me and Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, we will be co- we will be taping another episode of Cinematics this week. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be recording on Wednesday, and I will release it this Friday. I mean, this Thursday or Friday. Uh, on the cinematics feed. Okay. So here, so here are my interviews with Solar Opposites writers, producers, creators, Daniel Ulrich, Mike McMahon, Josh Bicell, and also my interview with the Halloween drag extravaganza collaborators, Ginger Minge and Manila Luzon. I'm going, actually, I'm going to put the drag extravaganza second. I'm going to put the Solar Opposites up to the front. And what else should I mention? Okay. And also for our cinematics Patreon, we covered for actually last late last month we just last week we recorded the our reviews of the ascent and also black sunday we, we spotlighted the year 1977 and before we go just also wanted to add that please subscribe and just also before i go let me just also before i go please subscribe and support our cinematics youtube channel i'm going to be doing a little bit more work not a little bit more a lot more work on that channel, looking for subs and and engagement on that channel because I'll be posting some bite-sized reviews or comments from Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, and Anderson Cowan. But Anderson, Bruce, and Eric, I'll be posting some of their comments on cinema on the Cinematics YouTube channel as well as having some bite-sized... I'm sorry for saying that word bite-sized so many times, as well as having some very short clips and comments from various actors and filmmakers I interview, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So thanks again for supporting me and Anderson and our buddies, Bruce and Eric on the cinematics podcast feed universe, et cetera, et cetera. And th- talk to you guys very, very soon. Bye. Uh, first off, I'm sure you guys have answered this ad nauseum, but you know, I, I love Preston Sturges and Carol Lombard comedies from the past. Why in general is pretty much most of the best comedy not not in live action, but in, in animation. So apologies for that question, but just from your take, that I, I miss that dialogue, and it's I get that from animation. 
Tim. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's because the animation is funnier because the characters can bug their eyes out when they get surprised by something. Um, animated character falls down a flight of stairs. You're not worried if that has uh, sterilized them. It's just funny to watch, you know, that they haven't hurt themselves. And um, I think we have brighter colors and colors are very funny. Humans laugh at, at very bright colors, you know? And so with all of those things combined, as long as you have people saying funny stuff and funny things are happening, you know, we're, uh, we're in the funny zone with animation. Yeah. I mean, I also think like on so many comedies now, the com- there's no comedy in comedies in the live yeah. action comedies. They're like dramas and with animation, especially with this show, with the actors we have, with the artists we have, like, we never, we never want to cut a joke. We always want to put jokes in our act. We make our actors talk incredibly fast. They're great. And I think that's just for us, the speed. We want it to be so fast that you have to go back and watch something because you missed it. Yeah. If it's funny, it goes in. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> yep. We really want to say something with solar opposites. And that thing we want to say is jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you want to say is jokes. Look, I... What's it like? Okay. Again, another obvious question. What's it like to have a show that's just so roundly praised and cr- from the critics and from the audience? Is it something that you guys just take with a grain of salt and you got to, you got to keep a level head about it because all, all of you really work hard to make those jokes work, I guess. You know, well, well, Greg, I worked on Veronica's Closet, so yeah. I know what it means to work on a very praised show, but you guys should probably, I don't know if Mike's worked on any shows like that. I, um, you know, I find I don't read reviews. I I like to look at our art and I like to take in if I feel like we've done well. And then I have Danielle read the reviews and tell them to me. And so I do like hearing that people like the show. But and I try I to keep myself pure. Bad reviews to him. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I've never heard a bad love... review of the show. Honestly, Greg, mm-hmm. we have so much time making each other laugh and having fun with this show. And I think hopefully the joy of making it comes out in the show. So we're obviously so excited that people like it and have responded to it. Because sometimes we just think it's us being weirdos. And we love that people pick up on all the little weird things that are in the show. We have so much fun in the writer's room. And we've been kind of like a family for so many years now that that now we're just we always just compete to make each other laugh. And the fact that that translates outside is is great because it's truly the this, this show is is what comedy should be. It just gives us so much joy to make. I'm like a family dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it I guess it's really not uh, discussed a lot, but. You know, writing comedy, as far as like, is it also the key to writing successful comedy is actually having, giving yourself the room to, you said you write jokes and having jokes is to actually fail. You know, maybe it's like batting you, you know, hitting 300, three out of 10 is is great. Is it also being open to actually having these jokes or these lines? Unfortunately, we don't have room to fail. Like we can only be successful. So, you know, sometimes... Somebody thinks like, should we try failing this episode or this week? And then we usually just decide to be victorious. You know what I mean? Because like, we only have, you know, we don't have 22 something episodes like, like shows used to have. You used to fail every other episode and that was fine. But now we have to like take the failures and kind of like, you know, put them away. Like we have to hit home runs every episode or else, you know, what are we even doing? You know what I mean? Some people would say that writing comedy is like uh, being on the show alone, uh, which is my favorite show to watch right now. Like you have to fail a gajillion times to survive and to push each other a little farther. But Mike, I mean, I think, and he's amazing at it. Yeah. What you, what you see on screen 
Greg, though, is us having failed so many times and gone through so many iterations of everything that by the time we get to the screen, as Mike says, like we're putting our best, the thing that it, that has won out over everything else. I think that it's hard to fail on this show because we've defined our own goalposts and we're just having a good time. So like if something brings you joy, you can't fail at it because you're having you're having a good time doing it. And whoever's watching it and is enjoying it, they're they're set their goalposts and they're going to be happy in their lives. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to go into something that's so joyful and fun and try to find fault with it. You should just pick it up for a hundred more seasons, you know? That's my take on it. I think we should pick it up for a hundred more seasons. I think that's what we'd yeah. like. You know there. what, Danielle? I'll do it. It's picked up. Great. <laughs> you know, my final question is very quickly just that, you know, it's, you know I think if, if I recall the end of Sullivan's Travels, you have people really laughing and, and there's joy in that. You, were, you guys were mentioning about the joy. Is it joy not, do you guys ever, did, do you guys ever have that Sullivan's Travels moment where you're actually in a room and you see people laugh at your work and is it gratifying or is the joy actually just being in that writer's room and making like, then you're saying making each other's laugh and it's all about the work and not just the response. I think it's I think it's sort of 50-50. Like when we sent Yumulak to hell, it made us all laugh. But then when we see other people laugh at it, it's like, oh, we've created a little community with our own audience. But we it starts in the writer's room, you know? Corvo's afraid of candy corn. That's funny to us. Is it going to be funny to people outside? I don't know. Like it's, you, you know, the room is big enough and the people are funny enough that like it feels like it is a safe enough assumption that if we're all laughing at something that other people out in the world will laugh, but we're not sitting in your living room, hearing you laugh at a TV show. We're making each other laugh in the room. Like when Josh is writing these, these little ditties for the crypt keeper, like that's, that's, you know, the dopamine hit you get out of making Danielle laugh with a ditty is what we hope the audience at home will laugh when they're seeing the ditties. Great. Thank you guys so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Okay, first off, I, re- I really love the special. Can you guys speak to the fact that if you're a fan of musicals, this is this should be right up everyone's alley because I, I love that element to it. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg. Yes, I mean, it, it, at its core, it is a musical, which is something I have always loved. But it's also just such a great variety show. It's kind of like the old Carol Burnett show with a lot more blood and guts and gore. Um, <laughs> something for everybody. And we get to take all these fun things and kind of cover them in glitter and turn them on their head. What's not to love? I know. Speaking of what's not to love, I, I just, uh, I, in general, where do both of you get your courage to just go out there and be artists and, and diverse artists? Because I think from, from my perspective, it take, takes a lot of guts just to put yourself out there. Was that something that courage you both had as children or did you guys uh, grow into it? I mean, it's, it's so inspiring. Well, for me, um, doing drag was uh, very helpful in helping me discover different parts of me who I suppressed growing up because society told me not to. My mother told me not to. My father told me not to. Um, and it's it's crazy that putting on an outfit that you're not supposed to put on can make you feel things that you had never felt before and discover things about yourself. And Halloween is a great time to put on a costume and, um, and find those different parts of your, of your psyche and your personality and to get to be in a fantasy for, for one night. Yeah. Manila said it before. And and I absolutely agree with that. Like 
Halloween is kind of the safe space for all the new baby drag queens. Mm-hmm. That's where most drag queens are born every year. Because if you can dress up like a werewolf or a mummy or a ghost, you can put on a wig and heels and try out that that persona for a little bit and see how it feels and see how it fits. Um, and, and my story is very much the same as Manila's growing up. It, it's, you know, I was told... Don't speak out. Don't embarrass me. Don't dress like that. Don't talk like that. Don't don't do anything that's going to bring shame on the family. So I didn't speak for a very long time until I started putting on the wigs and the heels and the lipstick. And there was this power that came along with it because it, it felt like the ultimate act of rebellion, which ultimately led me to discover who I was. And that's why I will always love and appreciate anybody who does drag. And now, at presently, you're collaborating with Bette Midler and you're on tour. Is it is it still something you get excited about? Or because you're a veteran and you're so experienced, it's something you take in stride, you know? I No, I get excited about it. I always said, the moment that I stop getting nervous, the moment that I start getting bored, I'm going to hang up the heels and the earrings and I'm not going to do it anymore. Because that's not fair to me. It's not fair to the people who uh, enjoy what I do. That if I'm just kind of going through the paces, they're going to be able to tell that. People can smell bullshit from a mile away. So (laughs) as long as I keep having a good time, I think everybody who enjoys what I do will keep having a good time. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great job. We have the best, we have the best uniforms of anyone. (laughs) Yeah. When we when we have to put on our uh, when other people have to put on their suit and tie or their their apron, we get to put on sequin dresses. What a better what what no other better job than this. And if we yeah. want to wear a suit and tie or an apron, we could do that too. Heck yeah, I'm wearing a suit right now, and I'm gonna put put an apron on, and make myself some uh, lunch later. <laughs> Man- Manila, my family's from uh, um, from QC, from Quezon City, and whenever we talk to fellow Filipinos, we, the first question you ask is, uh, "When's the last time you went back?" And just in big picture, what's it like going back, or just in general? I apologize, you've answered this question a million times, but just having that support and inspiring so many people. From well, I literally returned from uh, the Philippines yesterday. I was staying in QC, so I was neighbors with your family. Um, yeah. It, going going to the Philippines is great, especially after um, being on TV here in the States and then finding that I have a lot of fans in the Philippines. And it's really it's really nice to know um, that me just being myself on a reality TV show has impacted a lot of people and the way that they think about the LGBTQ community in uh, another country. That's fantastic. I feel like there is progress being made here in the States, and I'm really excited for progress of our community in other countries like the Philippines. And before I leave, very quickly, after this, I'm going to watch Hocus Pocus 2. I have it right now on my, on my oh. iPad. Ooh, what, send me the link. I want to watch it too. Right? <laughs> yeah. what, am I, what am I going to expect, Ginger? What, what should uh, I it is everything that you would expect from the first movie, but done so beautifully. I think it's, I might be biased, but I do think it's better than the first movie. I know oh. how to say that. Um, the ending made me cry. It is so beautifully done it's such a full story and it's something so new that i think everybody's going to really relate to it well put on your waterproof mascara honey because we're watching yeah, i did Benjamin not and Focus i was boohoo and blubbering in the theater at the premiere and i did not expect it so i do want to warn people that you might want to grab some kleenex thank you so much for your time really appreciate it 
Hey guys, just jumping on very, very quickly. Just very, okay, for the Huluween special that day that I covered last week, you're also coming up on this podcast feed. You will get interviews from Grim Cuddy. That's a movie that comes out October 10th on Hulu. I interviewed John Wayne Ross, Sarah Wolfkind, and she is the lead of that, and Usman Ali. You might know him from Better Things. I'm also, there's also something called the Poloni Show Halloween special. I have interviews with Justin Roiland. He's the co-creator of Sort of Opposites, Ben Bayuth, as well as Zach Hadel. Okay. And also this, there's another movie I'm doing called, that I did called Matriarch that, and that premieres October 21st and interviewed Director Ben Steiner, Kate Dickey. You might know Kate Dickey from her work in The Witch. She was the matriarch in The Witch. She is such an awesome actress and loved interviewing her as well. And also in Matriarch is Jamima Ruper, and she was in Flowers in the Attic, The Origin. But definitely looking forward to sharing that interview with you guys. The embargo lifts on October 7th, 17th for Matriarch, and that movie comes out on Hulu. October 21st. So let's see. That is the matriarch or actually matriarch. That is the Poloni show. This is very interesting. The Justin Orland stuff. I, he has some really interesting stuff to talk about. Not just the show, the Halloween special, the Poloni show, which was a scrap project from like about 2000 or 2009. And who knows? Maybe if the Poloni show Halloween special does really well on Hulu, who knows? It might become a series. You never know. But during this five or six minute interview, Justin talked about, I asked Justin talk, to ask, uh, I asked Justin about cryptocurrency and digital art and gaming. So there's some really interesting stuff from Justin there as well. And finally, I have an interview with Adam Raisin and uh, not Adam Raisin, Adam Faison. He is one of the co-stars of Hellraiser. Let's see the review embargo for Hellraiser lifts on October 4th. It is now October 3rd. So I guess I can't give you my reactions. Maybe I can give you my reactions or social media reactions on Hellraiser. I have not seen the original film, but let's just say I was not disappointed with what I watched. And I was really happy with my interview with Adam Faison because it was sometimes harder to do a movie that you don't like and interview an actor or an actress or filmmaker about it. But I did not have the problem with Hellraiser. I have not seen the original. Okay. But I have a lot to say about this movie once the embargo lifts October 4th. Last but not least, this month for Cinematics Patreon. Okay, this month, this month being October. October, the month of October. Anderson and I are covering the year 1958. If you have any recommendations for us to, movies for us to review, hit us up. Hit Anderson up via his email or hit me up on editor at deepestdream.com or whatever. So yeah, 1958, the month of October for our Cinematics Patreon. I will shut up now. Thanks again for supporting me and Anderson and Bruce and Eric on Cinematics, etc., 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 and have a great week watching movies. Take care, guys. Bye.